of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Let's begin with our first question, which is a super interesting one from Ollie. Over to Ollie. Hi, Molly. My name is Ollie and I like climbing. I live in Rolvan. And my question is, how do people know what noise dinosaurs make? Hi, Ollie. Thanks so much for sending in your question. Well, that is a tricky one to answer. Dinosaurs went extinct about 65 million years ago. That's such a long time ago. So how are we supposed to know what sounds they made? We can't hear their voices. They didn't have anything to record their voices with, like we do. Imagine if they did, though. If the dinosaurs had little microphones or phones and left us little voice notes like you do to me with all their questions. What do you think dinosaurs would ask about? In any case, this question definitely needs someone who knows a lot more about dinosaurs than I do. So I asked Jack Horner, a well-known scientist who studies dinosaurs and even writes books about them to help us out. Over to you, Jack. Hello, Ollie. My name is Jack Horner. I am a dinosaur paleontologist. I study dinosaurs. Duckbill dinosaurs are my favorite. You ask a very interesting question. How do people know what noises dinosaurs made? Well, we don't really know. We, we, you know, all we really have are their skeletons, so we can't really tell. But some duckbill dinosaurs have chambers in their part of their head where air would have passed through, and we think that we can figure out the kind of noises they made. Not necessarily exactly what it sounded like, but at least try to figure out whether it was a high-pitched sound or a low, deep sound. And so we CAT scan their skulls, and then using a computer, we can simulate blowing air through it and see what it sort of sounds like. And the ones we've done that with, what we've discovered is the babies make very high-pitched sounds, squeaky sounds, kind of like birds do, And the adults made very deep sounds, very deep sounds that probably would carry long distances. But the sounds that we see in movies like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, those are all made up. They're they're not based on any science whatsoever. So, So don't believe those. When you see a bird outside, because birds are dinosaurs, birds are actually making dinosaur sounds because they are dinosaurs. So, if you want to make a dinosaur sound, just think about birds. Okay, I hope that answered your question. Bye-bye. 
you so much, Jack, for your amazing answer about the sorts of noises dinosaurs made. Isn't it fascinating that we can hear examples of dinosaur sounds in our everyday lives just by listening to the birds outside our windows? How many birds can you hear right now? Every morning here in Bali, I get woken up by a family of chickens that live behind my house in the monkey forest. They've got some very, very noisy roosters there. They drive me a bit crazy as they start crowing at 4am. But if I imagine I'm being woken up by a tiny, loud dinosaur, well, that's helpful. Then lots of other tiny dinosaurs soon join in. Lots of different species. And then the geckos, and then the monkeys jump on the roof, and then my children wake up. Well, it's a busy morning before the day's even begun. What birds, or should I say dinosaurs, can you hear right now? Have a listen. Can you hear a bird? Can you hear a dinosaur? I hope that answers your question, Ollie, and thank you for sending it in. And thank you, Jack, for your great answer. Do keep up your curiosity about dinosaurs. They are truly amazing, wonderful creatures. Now let's zoom forward in history all the way to France in the 1800s. Dinosaurs are now long extinct, but there are still loads of amazing things in the world, and some of them are made by humans. Asking this question is Alex. Over to you, Alex. Hi, Molly. My name is Alex, and I live in England. I love playing football, and my question is... Who built the Eiffel Tower in Paris and when and why? Bye. Thank you. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for your great question. For those of you who don't know the Eiffel Tower, it's a super tall building in Paris, the capital of France. I love the Eiffel Tower. It's one of the most beautiful sights, especially at night when it sparkles. Every night, every hour, it twinkles with thousands of lights. You can see it shimmer all across Paris. It looks like a magical tower from a fairy tale, and I love it. So I'm very interested in Alex's question. Here's the answer. Well, of course, the Eiffel Tower wasn't built by just one person. That would be impossible and take a really long time. The tower was built by hundreds of talented, dedicated people all working together as a team. But there was one person who was in charge and who came up with a design. His name was Gustav Eiffel, and that's why it's called the Eiffel Tower after his surname. Why was it built? Well, in 1887, 150 years ago, almost, a group of very clever people got together and decided to build something special for a big event called the World's Fair. They wanted to make something unique that would impress the whole world and show off France's power and creativity to people around the world. Lots of people came to Paris to show off all their different abilities and make lovely things. So they asked Gustav Eiffel, who was a brilliant engineer, to design the Eiffel Tower. He thought and planned and tinkered until he came up with the most amazing design anyone had seen. When everything had been planned out carefully, the work had started and it was built in two years, two months and five days. When it was finished, the builders had used 18,000 different pieces, 7,300 tonnes of iron. The paint they used weighed 60 tonnes, which is the same as five double-decker buses. The Eiffel Tower is 330 metres tall, the same as around 100 elephants standing on top of each other. That's pretty tall, isn't it? Gustav Eiffel built himself a little office on the top where he could gaze out over the city from his creation. I love that. I would have done that too. What's funny is that when the Eiffel Tower was built, 
A lot of people really didn't like it. They thought it looked strange and different and ugly. A lot of France's most famous writers said, it's just terrible. And despite all the effort, the tower wasn't supposed to stay forever. It was only meant to stand for a little while, just for the world's fair. But when people started to see how wonderful it was, they wanted to keep it. And we still have it. Which is great, because now we can all visit and admire its beauty, zoom up it for a great view of Paris and admire it twinkling at night. That's my favourite. I hope that answers your question, Alex, and thank you so much for sending it in. And now it's time to go from big to small and investigate something that seems kind of ordinary, but is actually really interesting. The question comes from Big. Hello, over to you. Hi Molly, my name is Beatrot. I am six years old. My question is, why do nails grow? Bye. Hi, well thank you for that great question. I'm sure lots of you will have looked at the ends of your fingers and wondered what nails are for. They're fun to paint. I've got rainbow ones at the moment because I couldn't decide which colour to paint them. Nails are often in need of a trim because they keep growing. But why do they grow and why do we have them? Now, millions of years ago, our primate ancestors didn't have nails like we do. Nope, they had claws. These claws were super handy for things like climbing trees, catching prey. And they also protected the fingers underneath from being scraped and hurt. There are lots of nerves in our fingers, so the nails or claws back in the day protected them. Eventually, as these primate ancestors of ours grew larger and more intelligent, they had to do more delicate things like grab smaller branches, forage for food, and claws just got in the way. Scientists think about 55 million years ago, a group of primates developed nails instead of claws. And because they could do more things with their nails, like grip things, pick things up, and eventually make tools, they were more likely to survive and have babies. And so very slowly, over time, more and more primates had nails and fewer and fewer had claws. Fast forward to today, and we've all got amazing little nails that protect our fingers, like shields on our fingertips no one has claws, luckily. Now I'm sure some of you are thinking to yourselves, but what about our toes? We don't pick anything up with them. Why do we have toenails? Well, next time you're at the zoo, have a look around at all the chimpanzees and gorillas, our ancestors, and you'll see them using toes for lots of different things. Also, our toenails are just a leftover from when we were like them. And again, the nails protect the sensitive toes beneath. If they're trodden on or scraped, our feet will be protected by tiny little nail armor. So that's why we have nails, but how do they grow? Inside your fingers, there's a bustling workshop called the Nail Matrix. It's this little lab where new nail cells are made. Think of it as a never-ending construction site, constantly building new layers of cells, making fresh nails. As these fresh cells form, they push out the old ones, making your nails grow longer. The speed at which they grow depends on your age, your health, your hormones, and where you live. They actually grow faster in hot countries. Now the nails themselves are made out of keratin, which is tough. It's what your, makes your nails hard. And it's the same stuff in your hair and in rhino horns. So nails are good for protecting our fingers and toes because they're tough, made of keratin. Now they're also little messengers. Changes in your nails can tell us about our health. Have you ever looked at your nails and seen little lines or spots? Well, these can be clues about your health. If you have little marks on your nails, it can show that you might be missing certain vitamins and need some extra nutrients. And doctors can look at them and think, 
oh, I know what you need, and help you to keep healthy from looking at your nails. So next time you look at your nails, don't forget their origin story. Our ancestors might have had claws, but through millions of years of evolution, our nails have become fantastic little tools. They're more than protective shields. They're a reminder of the incredible journey of evolution. I hope that answers your question. Thank you for sending it in. You took us on an adventure through the past to now, where we've got lovely nails which we can paint and enjoy. That's it for this week, everybody. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to dinosaur expert Jack Horner for telling us all about the noises dinosaurs might have made. And a big thank you to Ollie, Alex and Bigot for this week's questions. Remember, if you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, just record a voice note telling me your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question. Then ask a grown-up to email it to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. You can also do it as a video if you like, so we can put it on our Instagram at everythingunderthesunpod. The paperback version of my book, Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year, is out now. It's the book of the podcast filled with all of your questions illustrated by 12 artists. I think you'll love it and it makes a great Christmas present. Wishing you a wonderful week filled with lots of exciting discoveries. I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye.